Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Erin Thole is my registered dietitian guest today who started her own business right out of her internship. She has a passion for sports nutrition, running, and she is only one of the six certified sports dietitians in the state of Iowa. My book, I'm a Registered Dietitian Now What, is available for purchase at annelizabethardy.com, where you can also catch up on my blog post and everything Anne Elizabeth. Erin and I have known each other professionally through the Iowa Academy in Nutrition and Dietetics. We volunteered together on the marketing committee. And this is when I learned Erin has a passion for nutrition and dietetics, but also for sports, running, and business. What's fascinating about hearing Erin's story is she struggled to find a job right out of her internship, and she decided to start her own business. With being only one of the few certified sports nutritionists in Iowa, she still has her own business, but is now working in a different area of health and wellness. I hope you enjoy Erin's story just going to kind of just chat about your journey and I just kind of want to talk with you about, you know, was there a major aha moment that really drew you into dietetics nutrition in your life? It could have been when you were younger. It could have been, you know, when you were in college. Got it. I got it. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So Erin. So we're actually going right now. Yeah. Okay, just checking. No, that's <laughs> so talk to me about when you got interested in dietetics. Was there something that happened that really drew you to the profession or just even something about nutrition that kind of led you to where you are today? My story always goes, always goes back. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. My story always goes back to high school, actually, and it was always basketball. Basketball, we were always running around because we didn't have enough. We always dropped off the number of people we had, so it was not enough players. We had like six people, and I wasn't eating the proper nutrition, and I couldn't figure out why I didn't have the energy at the end of the day. I had been skipping breakfast because I was like, okay, I need to make sure I have as much sleep as possible. So bell rings to get to high school at 830, waking up at 815. Perfect. <laughs> and because I small town, mm-hmm. you it takes you five minutes to get there and you, you don't dress up for high school. And Throw then, in some clothes. Exactly. Out the door. Exactly. Out the door. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm five blocks away from high school. Totally fine. And then we had these girls that they always called themselves the dirty half dozen. And they always put something on their wrist called Debs. And it was called Don't Eat, Be Skinny. That's what it was stood for. All right, well, so, are you serious? Dead they, serious. They wrote that they on wrote their wrist. They wrote on with their pen. This dirty Debs. half do- dozen. And they put Debs. Don't eat, be skinny. And so I had always, because high school, I was like, oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. We can have ice cream finally. So I was eating ice cream in a normal meal. And then when you, we got to junior, senior, we had open campus and then I would go home and I would sometimes have time for lunch. Otherwise, sometimes I would be grabbing my gym bag and going back to school. So to make sure I wasn't late and I didn't always have the time to eat the proper food I should be having, especially when I was at home because it was whatever I could find. Mm. And then I'd go to basketball practice after class for the next hour and a half. 
and I could barely make it through a practice. And I had been running the summer, I had been exercising and just couldn't figure out why. And it wasn't until then I was like, what is wrong? And then I'd started doing research and found out, okay, no, you have to feel your body correctly. And then it was kind of funny because I would babysit when I was younger and the person that I babysat for was a dietitian. So I started inquiring. So, wow. So you actually had, well, first of all, your obvious connection with basketball and just not being able to perform. And then this crazy group that don't eat, be skinny group. The that probably, group. You obviously, that really impacted you. Like you have not forgot about that. Because, Absolutely not. Yeah. And then you had a dietitian that you babysat for. Right. And so I never even put the two and two together. I was like, I don't know what a dietitian is at that age. I was like, okay. So she wrote out exactly what she wanted me to do for her kids when I babysat them because she had three of them. So I knew from, because I had breakfast and lunch for them always. So they would wake up. I'd already be there. And then lunch, she'd tell me exactly what they would have for lunch so whether it was a tuna sandwich or a pizza whatever it would be she had it already figured out and then after a while I started asking her those questions because I was like I didn't really get it why she was so vested in what she was feeding her her children right so did you realize the connection between nutrition and your ability to play basketball in high school or was it in, yeah. did you did nope. it happen afterwards no it actually was in high school and then my senior year I didn't go out for basketball just because of the politics that came with it and then I started running so that's where my passion for running came from and it was interesting because then I could see the effects of food again for running and you still had the people who still loved their dubs on their <laughs> on their wrists and I it was a mental game then because it's high school and your body image sure. and all those different things. So I was trying Atkins. Well, then Atkins pulls out for the first several weeks or months all the carbs. And I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. I don't have any fuel. So then I was getting really interested and I was reading and I was pulling out all these articles about nutrition and putting it into a binder. And I still have that binder. Do you really? From all like fitness magazine and all these I have it all all the workouts all the nutrition information and then I talked to her about it and then when I'd ever watch her kids again we would make her family dinner and nice and nutritionally balanced so you probably learned a lot just from her what kind of dietitian was she so funny you asked that she actually has worked at Hy-Vee but she's also clinical and weight loss management okay so she's had a great variety yeah she's had because a small town you don't really have a lot so she's actually had three different jobs but when I had started babysitting her kids she was going through her dietetic internship because she had switched careers oh so that was kind of her second it was her second yeah career and then her husband was type 1 diabetic wow so yeah so no wonder she was so particular about her food and the fuel that you needed mm -hmm. for your activities yeah so did you become a better runner I mean I'd like to say so (laughs) You're still working on it, right? I'm still working You're a on work it. in progress. I'm a work in progress. It depends when I have the time to actually do my running, then I, I can take a good handle on it. Otherwise, Absolutely. Eh. Yeah, fit it in when you can. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> so you had all those amazing experiences with nutrition in high school. So did you instantly go towards dietetics when you went to college? So at that time, because I was, again, a graduating senior, I had already chosen a school, and that was to go to a school in Minnesota. And I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to do when I had signed up to go to that school. And it was anything between international business, Spanish, or education. So it's kind of taking a variety, but it was 
as soon as I went there, I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into dietetics. So I did the full year in Minnesota there, but I kind of geared my classes to what I would need to do to transfer. And so then I transferred into state in Iowa, and then I started doing dietetics full force. So did you, how long did you go to Minnesota? Just a year. Just a year. I did a full year instead of trying to transfer in the middle. Okay. So then you finished out and you did all your dietetics, Mm -hmm. which was a perfect fit because you probably already kind of knew that Iowa State had that program. Right, right. So when you're in school, so you did that transfer, you're sitting in your classes. Did you feel like when you were in your classes that you really were doing what you were meant to be doing as as what you were going to be when you grew up? I thought so. I mean, it was funny because at Iowa State, you get a grade for your sciences and you get a grade for your nutrition. But they're, they're separate. They're kind of, well, you can get them separated. Okay. And so I looked at my grades when they separated them out and I'm like, oh my gosh, my science grades are passing up my nutrition grades. I'm a little <laughs> concerned about this. But I was having fun and... I was still, because I had transferred, a lot of my classes didn't transfer, and so I was having to take a lot of classes. And so when you are a nutrition major, you not only have no room to move, really, you you have a very structured course pathway and all your labs, but then trying to fit it all in in three years to graduate on time with the rest of your classmates, per se, was stressful. So I was taking 18 to 22 credits pretty normally. And... I did think it was uh, that I was on the right path. I just don't think I did my study ethics the best. Because you had so much going on. I had you so, had so much many going classes on. going yeah. on. But then I also had those friends who, because again, you're still dealing with body image at that age, that I remember studying with a group of my friends because two of my friends, nonchalantly, because we actually lived in the same apartment complex, also were in the nutri- nutrition field. We were all studying together. And then one by one, each of them all left and went to go to the bathroom and then came back. And I was like, huh, this is kind of interesting. Come to find out they were all throwing up. So they're all bulimic. So they're in nutrition class. They're studying to be dietitians, but they have obvious eating disorder issues. Yeah, disordered eating complexes themselves. And I was like, okay. So then we would go and we would have our own nutritional challenges. And I think, what was it, my sophomore or junior year in college, we had a, you cannot eat more than 500 to 1,000 calories. What? So then it, trying to get through classes with that, I was living off of coffee. So you, well, why, so you were, you were also participating in these uh, for challenges. Us, I could never do the throwing up. That was just not for me. Okay. I was like, I need my food. You liked but, your food, but you did do some calorie restriction I did yourself. do calorie restriction because I think it's part of the thing of you grow into it and thinking that you want to be a certain body image because of what you see on TV or you want to be a perfect athlete. So you, again, you see what's going on even for the Olympics this year and girls gravitate to that. You Mm -hmm. want to have this certain image and being in nutrition, you're like, okay, well I have this certain image now that I have to have. And yeah, you get those when you are going to school, you have those people who not only are, having a disordered eating complex right then and there or have previously had one now that might be a certain percentage it might not be everyone because I had roommates that were in the or friends that were in the nutrition school and to become dietitians that never had those but a lot of people did and I had those at one point in time as well that's amazing I mean that's awesome that you can actually say I have had 
you know, eating disorder issues. But mm-hmm. it's interesting that you're recognizing that this is something that does happen when Absolutely. people are going to school or the previously, which makes maybe your connection a little bit different because mm-hmm. like you even brought up the thing in high school and then you're having that continuation in college too. Absolutely. And I mean, you always question, it's always the idea of different, even diseases or disease states or even obesity that it can be inherited. There's always that idea. Well, in my family, anorexia and bulimia was very high in my family. So my dad is one of 11 and he has seven oh brothers. He has seven sisters. And out of those seven, five of them had eating disorders. Wow. So my cousin did. I did. My other cousin did. So mine wasn't as profuse as other ones, but I had struggled completely. Wow. So that had to be interesting for you, too, to know that that was something that was very prevalent in your mm-hmm. family, just as mm-hmm. aunts and cousins. and Absolutely. And I've even talked to one of my aunts. When we went running, go figure, we went running. <laughs> she's and a runner, too. She's a runner, too. Yeah. And we talked about it when we went running because I had it, and she knew it. And, and she I, knew. And she, I knew she had it. So do you think, like, going to school for nutrition and dietetics either helped you with your disordered eating to realize, you know, I need to feel my body correctly, I need to be as healthy as I can, and that taught you the right way to do it? Or do you think it maybe hurt you in some ways, too? In certain ways, I think it hurt me because then I knew too much. So I knew exactly what I was eating without having to put it in a tracker. Sure. And I knew. So then when I would do a calorie restriction, I didn't, I didn't have to guess. I knew. You knew I knew what I had because mm-hmm. you had done it so long, and that's part of it. Is With calorie restrictions, you were constantly, it's all about numbers. And finally, when I, I got to a point, especially in grad school, where I was like, I'm done. I can't live this way. And I was done. And I just ate what I wanted to when I wanted to. I exercised like I wanted to, but then I actually, when I actually got into grad school, I had almost the exercise induced. So I was exercising. Okay. So you're exercising a lot. So you I weren't was, necessarily restricting calories. No, you were just exercising a lot. So there was a calories. point where I think I had tracked, and I had done this once in high school too. And it was, it was just part of a challenge I was trying to win because I'm too competitive. But <laughs> in co- in grad school, for one year when I learned that I had a heart condition, then I was like, oh, my gosh, all I have to do is make sure that I'm running and make sure that I'm working out to make sure that my heart is at the strongest it can be so I can reduce my risk of heart problems in the future. And so I was working out probably at least three hours a day. Oh, my gosh. So And I did that for a year. And then, go figure, I overtrained. And then there I was sitting in um, physical therapy. Because you hurt yourself. Because I hurt myself because of overtraining and not eating enough to sustain it. So bring that so bring that to us. So obviously you've gone through ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And so how long ago you were in grad school when this happened? And you found right. out you had a heart. What was your heart condition that you found out so that you had? I have a heart murmur. So that's pretty common. It's one in three. And then I have something called neurally mediated syncope. So I pass out really fast and quickly. If I don't have the proper nutrition, I don't have the high, I actually have to have a high salt diet to make my blood oh, pressure higher. You. I know. Give me the <laughs> chips and the popcorn, line them up. <laughs> you have a salt shaker on your table. I, I always do. I'm not afraid of my salt compared to everyone else. And um, it's partly because my 
your valves and your heart, they weren't moving correctly, so they would pool all the blood. And it still happens today, so it pools all the blood. So I was told by my cardiologist that I probably shouldn't do a marathon. Well, I've since trained for four and ran two. <laughs> you do not listen very well. I, do I don't. And I mean, I could be on medication. And the other thing they, that they told me is to correct it, it would be open heart surgery. And I'm like, I'm too young for this. So you can definitely control it through diet and diet, exercise. Completely diet and exercise. I am not on any medication for it. So you kind of went, when you were diagnosed with that, you kind of went to the extreme. You really started exercising a lot more. Mm-hmm. You weren't eating the right nutrition. So well, I was eating the right nutrition, were, just, just not at the amount. Okay, you weren't eating compared the right to amount. my exercise because I gotcha. was very particular. So working out that. three hours a day, you just weren't eating seven thousand calories to compensate for all I that mean, exercise. I mean, I was lucky if I was hitting eighteen to two thousand. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and so, where were you when this was all happening? Where were you at in your diet when you in your nutrition journey? So you were were you in grad? You were in grad school. I was school. in grad school, so this was actually right before I had done my dietetic internship. Okay. And you were going to grad school for nutritional sciences. Okay. So you got done with your undergrad undergrad, and then you went right into your master's. Correct. And then you got, had all this crazy personal stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you started applying for internships or yes. So how did that process go for you? So applying for internships went great. Um, I had moved across the country, which was Wonderful in the sense of I had always wanted to do it. I would still move back across the country because I loved that area so much. I mean, I was by a, I was by an ocean. And so, so you intentionally applied for internships. I intentionally applied. Not in Iowa. I completely. I didn't apply for a single one in Iowa. So where did you apply? So I... I can't even remember all the ones, to be honest. I didn't apply to too many. I applied to maybe four to six. I okay. didn't apply to that many just because... One, I was like, the cost of it. Oh, Two, sure. I was like, if I can't get in the first couple, <laughs> then I'm not going down the way down to 10 or 12. <laughs> so that's a lot of applications. Yeah. And it was still partly written at that time point. It wasn't com- all the way um, online. Because mm-hmm. they were just turning to that point. So I had done four to five. They're all out of state. And I was very excited about that. And, um, and you ended up? I ended up at South Carolina. Okay. So the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston, South Carolina. Loved the city. Loved. The state is a little quirky, but <laughs> loved the city. And But it's very different in the sense of quite a few of the people who went to that internship are still semi-local in the sense of surrounding states. But I kind of went back into... I didn't know all the interns which was fine and a lot of the interns either were there with a boyfriend or had friends mm-hmm. there so then they already had like a livelihood so then I went to ex- back to exercise so that was kind of like you didn't know a lot of people mm-hmm. so you were going to your internship and then you were working exercising in your time right. away from your internship right absolutely so were you fueling your body during that time then too I did a lot better with that that's that's for sure so you're transitioning and taking care of your body a little bit more. Right. Your internship's stressful enough. It is. It is stressful. How long was your internship? That was ten months. Ten months. And was it you said it was at a hospital? Yep. So they have a hospital, but of course you still have all of your rotations. Okay. But most of them were still in the hospital, but then they had twelve weeks of you get to do a lot of different things. So which I absolutely loved, which is part of the reason why I applied to that one. 
because we had the opportunity to do culinary. We could do oh. sports nutrition like I had done. So because that was always, that's the reason why I was interested in nutrition. And so I followed that all the way through. And so I did a lot of sports nutrition, which is why it got me to where I am today. That's So you so. had a great exposure to sports nutrition. Mm-hmm. So there was always that interest for you, obviously mm-hmm. from high school through college. You know, you've always had that sports nutrition interest. So you got a component of that during your internship. Was it enough or did, did it leave you hungry for more? Always hungry for always more. Hungry always hungry for more. Always hungry for more. So when you finished your internship, uh, what, you know, where did that lead you next? What was the next steps? So the economy still hadn't really progressed. I mean, this is, it's still after 2009 and everything, but it's not far enough along that the economy had switched. So jobs were not as readily available, especially for dietitians, where you're still trying to fight almost for your position to show, hey, I'm a valuable member of this medical team. So it was kind of a funny position because I had applied to a position that I thought I was very well ready for at the medical university of South Carolina. And I got passed up by someone who didn't have experience and it just killed me because what the job was, was childhood obesity. And that's what my graduate work was, was on childhood obesity. So I knew way too much about it. And I got passed up for someone who didn't have a graduate degree, who didn't have the experience in it. So it just kind of left me hanging. And so my sister was transitioning out of Chicago to Boston for continuing education for a year and so I took over actually her apartment her lease in Chicago so I moved from South Carolina to Chicago a city that I had visited several times but never (laughs) thought I was going to live in I was like oh this is a big city Mm -hmm. and again couldn't find a lot of jobs I had done a little stint at Northwestern knew some dietitians there they were reaching out for me I had known a surgeon there actually at Northwestern I had shadowed some of his surgeries because he did again all um, weight loss surgeries so lap band and everything so Mm -hmm. I shadowed one of his surgeries and they reached out and it was just hard at that time point because again because of the economy that even brand new dietitians if you didn't have experience you can't get a job but then again if you don't get a job how do you get experience experience? (laughs) it's that that oxymoron (laughs) and so I had a really hard time. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to what I know then. Because when I was in undergrad, I had become an aerobics instructor because I needed a little side job, wanted to have something fun to do that didn't, that would take me away from my studies. And exercise is always a great thing to refocus and something that I've always done. And so I utilized that. I took my exam to become a personal trainer. So then I became a personal trainer in the nutrition guru the nutrition person for a fitness place and then I because of all the questions that came out of all my clients that I had at this nutrition place then I kind of started having my own business where I did one-on-one nutrition consulting outside of that company plus did their food so then I started making their food and so you were do, a chef too. I tried to become a chef, <laughs> like in the blink of an eye. And I was pulling up recipes. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be a run-of-the-mill chef. We're going to do Coco Vaughn here, people. <laughs> You're a fancy chef. I, I tried in the limited amount of time because I was starting my work when I would be a personal trainer and do nutrition at this very large gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. And then you do 5 o'clock to noon. And then you'd come back at five o'clock in the evening and then not get done until nine o'clock at night. So 
very crazy hours. So then in the middle of that, so from noon to five, I would do all my personal consulting and I would do my um, nutrition you were grocery and I was shopping, doing my grocery shopping and, and my cooking. Oh my so gosh. So it was nonstop. So you were working really long days. I was working very long days. And you'd been a dietitian for how long? At that point in time, I had passed my exam. Well, when I started, I should say I passed my exam, but like a month or two beforehand. Wow. So you were very new. You very were, new. You, and you were actually looking for that clinical mm-hmm. weight loss kind of Absolutely. job. And that just wasn't something that was you were finding. So you just kind of ended up creating kind of your own position. I absolutely did create my own position. I had to market myself. I had to find my niche and I had to go with it. Well, and obviously exercise is a passion of yours along with nutrition. Mm-hmm. So you were able to incorporate that as well. Right. During and the- did you like, I mean, did you like that? Did you like that aspect of using those, both of those passions? Absolutely. Cause you always get those questions, whether you are an Olympic athlete or you are a person who comes to the gym regularly and you want to either get fit or you want to lose weight. People have questions because nutrition and physical activity coincide. And that was my niche because I would have people who would come to the gym and I would be their trainer and I would train them three days a week. And that was the only time they were exercising. Or I'd have the people who they were training because they were going to climb Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. And so I'm there working with them on their physical activity, what they needed to do, but also getting them ready for, you're going to have less oxygen. This is what you are having a backpack and that's going to be your life. What does that mean for your nutrition? And how does that elevation and how does that climbing these mountains impact you on a nutritional level? And how do you stay strong and healthy on that? And so that's what I did is I found these random things that people were doing in Chicago because people do it all. But then I had the wives of some of my clients who are house moms, but they're they're reading all these nutritional books. They want to get fit. And so then I'm trying to help them figure it out, even though I'm training their husband. So it's, I had quite the mixed bag. Like variety. Well, and you probably were one step up from other trainers because you do have that registered dietitian background. Absolutely. Where no one usually does in that no fitness one does. has. And a lot of times, I mean, when you go into a large gym, and I mean, this is a large corporate gym, it's like, all right, no carbs because you see the guys who are like shredded, no carbs. I have my tuna in my bag and my protein packs <laughs> and that is what you're going to eat because part of being at a gym is selling. It's selling products. It's selling the protein. It's selling the pre-workouts. And I wasn't a seller. I was like, I don't believe, especially with the economy the way it was, I didn't believe in providing or making someone pay surmountable amount of money for something that they didn't necessarily need that they couldn't get through the food that they were consuming. So I did really bad at selling protein, (laughs) but not that protein doesn't have its place, but it doesn't, it's not for everyone. Sure. It has to fit every person. And I mean, one of my clients at one point in time was a fruitarian and I was like, this is new. (laughs) They just ate fruit, fruit and vegetables, but it couldn't be cooked. So So when I would get their diet, I mean, when I would have six avocados and 10 bananas and 20 plums, and I was like, oh, honey, we got to work on this. That's all that they were eating. That was what they were eating. And I was like, oh, you're poor sugar. That probably was a shocker as a new dietitian, just to really see that people actually ate. Like we read about it in school, but to really see someone do it. Right. And then you, I even saw like pika and everything. So in a larger city... And I was in a very fluent area where you got the quite the mixed bag of people. I mean, we 
it was one of the busiest gems in the location of Chicago. I'm I'm not in the suburbs. I'm in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we got everything. And so how do you feel looking back on that experience? Was that the right fit for you? That's hard because I made it my own. And so it's what I knew at that point in time. Was it the right fit? It, I don't know if it was the right beginning. For me, I think I would have preferred to have more clinical experience. More structure. More structure, but it wasn't there. It wasn't there in Chicago. It wasn't there in that time. So I made my own business. I made it to be what I wanted it to be. And I still have clients in Chicago. Do you? To this day. From that experience. And one of my best friends is still a personal trainer, and I still get her clients as referrals to do their nutrition well that's good that she's referring them to you she better be (laughs) (laughs) she should know by now that the registered dietitian is a nutrition expert and i had done her nutrition because she had never been a runner she was always a weightlifter she had done bikini not bikini competitions but she had done weightlifting competitions Mm -hmm. and she had won and then all of a sudden she knew i was a runner and she and her fiance at the time pushed her to do a half marathon and we did it with one of my other girlfriends and she didn't know how to eat for a half marathon she knew how to eat for protein into which weight lift way which is way different but she didn't know how to do it for when you're doing long vascular runs and it's different when you're doing runs and you're using oxygen versus when you're lit Wait, lifting weights and you're not using you're your not. oxygen and it's just different pathways sure. in your body so i had to re-change her diet so she Thank better be recommending me <laughs> is she still running no, no absolutely she's not dead. she's absolutely still lifting not. she'll oh yeah. she'll totally lift that's what she knows she's been doing it for too long <laughs> so tell me about during that time how about your own personal exercise nutrition how was that going for you when you were working such long hours you were helping everyone else i was working in incredibly insane hours and I thought I was doing really well on my nutrition I had my yogurt every morning I had my vegetables I had uh like turkey and protein I was like I was having your protein I wasn't doing all the protein I'm not gonna lie on that one but I was doing I had some protein shakes and every once in a while when I felt the need for them And then I always had the same type of sandwich and vegetables and hummus and everything. And then I would come home and I'd make myself a salmon salad. And I thought I was doing great. Like, my nutrition was on point. But it wasn't on point because I was still working out probably an hour when I was running, like an hour and a half. Because then I started training for a marathon. So not only was I I was trying to train for a bikini competition and trying to get my muscles there. But then it kind of counteracted when I'm running 20 miles and so I was then trying to lift my weights and then run so then again here I go back to my I'm working out either one to two possibly three not usually three but at least two hours a day plus I'm always on my feet and so you don't realize how much you're burning when you're on your feet even though you're not doing the exercises that you're telling your clients to do you are on your feet and you're and you were lifting calories. the weights to give it to them and you are following them and you are pacing because they're moving all over the gym and 
then I'm making food. And then after I'm smelling all this food, I don't want the food because I've been around the food and like in the kitchen and all I want to do is sleep. So even though I was eating really well, I wasn't eating enough Enough. and I didn't realize that. So you still struggled with that. So I still struggled. So how long did you do this position for? A year. A year. And then what, what was your next steps? What changed in your life? I just couldn't do those hours and I wanted something that would progress my my future as a dietitian. So I started applying to multiple different jobs. I had some in Chicago I was interviewing for. Um, I had a couple headhunters that found me because I had put my my resume out and then I just found a job and it brought me back to Iowa. And what was the job that brought you back to Iowa? It was being a registered dietitian for Midwest Dairy Council. Okay. Okay. So that's a quite a vast a difference very, from... A very large difference. Okay. So... How did you choose, was it something that you were, I mean, was there an interest in Midwest, like in that type of a dietitian setting for you? Well, I mean, the things that they had kind of promoted on the website and as part of the job description is there were the the possibilities that, yes, I could still do nutrition and sports. So the sports nutrition aspect, because, hey, they work for, they work with the NFL for Feel Up to Play 60. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. It's NFL. Okay, done, done. Totally got it. Totally have this figured out. And of course, when you get into it, it's a little bit different. And when you figure out what the actual job is, a little bit different, but it at least did provide me some avenues to still do some sports nutrition, but it wasn't enough quite for me. But regardless, it was a great starter. And um, I studied during that time to become a certified specialist in sports dietetics, which is what I okay. am now. So obviously that, that always that passion of yours has always been sports nutrition. Uh, it's what I knew and it's sure. what I grew up with. And so it's what I could could really get into a person and really recognize and understand. And that's so. what drew you to Midwest Dairy. And right. that's why you became a certified sports dietitian, dietitian yeah, as well. And how long have you been a sports dietitian? A certified um, sports dietitian? Over a year. Over a year. Right now. And you're still doing... I'm still doing it. I still actually... now no, I'm no longer with Midwest Dairy. Okay. But How I long did t- you spend with Midwest Dairy? I was there for two and a half years. And good experience. It was a good experience. Good structure that you were maybe kind of looking for when it came to a dietitian job. It was very diverse. So it had the business aspect, which I had already done for having my own business. But then it had the different programming, which was kind of fun to do. And it had those webinar opportunities. It had the ability to work with different people in different partnerships and which I loved absolutely loved I'm very big into working with people if as you can tell I don't really stop talking and <laughs> <It's> okay <laughs> what kind of partnerships I mean I know that you said like NFL was a partnership so what other kind of partnerships as a Midwest area so that was a very nationwide partnership okay and it wasn't just a Midwest area thing it actually came from the National Dairy Council okay. and each of those segments throughout the United States had their own different partnerships with NFLs so I worked on a different side of the division, which was more local partners. So I partnered with the governor. I partnered with the food banks. I partnered with Department of Ed, Department of Health. I, I part, de, any type of health-related partnerships there could possibly be, I was usually in, in those. That's awesome. Well, that's very, I mean, that's very interesting because you never had probably a same, your day was probably always different just based on 
who you're working with that day. Or Absolutely. Did you get enough sports nutrition during your time with Midwest Dairy? Not as much as I had hoped. I did get some because I did have that background on it. And so I was the person who we had certain projects and you could kind of choose. And, and we could kind of choose. And I was very forward saying that this is my passion. There's a lot of other people at Midwest Dairy that their passion also lies with sports dietitian mm-hmm. or sports dietetics, excuse me. And they liked it too. I was just the only one that was certified as a sports dietitian. Because there isn't that many it's, certified not, especially sports Especially in team. Iowa. There's How not many is many. there in Iowa? Oh, I think just a small handful, maybe four to six. There's four to not six. that many. Because you have to have, oh, I can't remember a thousand practicing hours of more that you and have I, contact with contact and you're actually working with people. And that's all I did in Chicago. That was part of my business. It was my job. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to do that, but I had the hours of five o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night. I was with people. <laughs> and so I was constantly doing this. And so it, it built up a lot and I appreciated every aspect of it. And so now even though I'm not with Midwest Dairy, I still practice that. I actually, one of my clients actually has a heart condition, a little bit different than mine, and her goal has to is to be a runner of a marathon. And so she had a sports injury, so she's not competing this year, but she's going to do it next year. And we're working with the American Heart Association even. So that's, that's great because you have that personal connection Absolutely. with that person and you know what it takes to Absolutely. train to do that. So let me, let's just go back to when you're working with Midwest Dairy, sure, sure. how was your, how was your personal nutrition and your exercise during that time? Oh, absolutely fine. I was totally over. You were good. I was good. I was good. I was like, okay, chocolate, wine, pizza. I will. I dig it. So you kind of found a balance. I at found that a point complete balance between yeah. your nutrition and your your exercise slash training that yeah. type of thing. Life just kind of fell in place once I had actually moved back to Iowa. Even though I didn't think I was going to be moving back to <laughs> Iowa right away, even though I'm from Iowa, um, it just fell into place. And it was because I had a work-life balance. I had moved. I knew some people here, so I had a little bit of friend base. I wasn't working the crazy hours, at least not to begin with, mm-hmm. of, <laughs> of being awake and around all the different times. I mean, don't get me wrong, each job ebbs and flows. And so there's the ebbs that you were working a lot of hours and the flows that I'm like, perfect. I can totally get in line with this. And because I was at peace and I I had that nutrition and fitness and work-life balance, everything fell in place. Kind of fell in place for you. Yeah. Have you struggled since then? Abs- I mean, I just came back from Napa, so I'm struggling now. <laughs> but no. Just getting back on track. <laughs> I mean, getting back from a vacation, yes, I'm Wait, struggling. Well, vacation no. doesn't count, right, at all. But no. Well, good. That's good, though. So it's you came a long way since where you started in high school Absolutely. to where you are but now. Absolutely, but that's still been 10 years. And but it's I think it's good to talk about that work life balance and and finding that happiness where you're you didn't think Iowa would be it but it actually has been great for you coming Absolutely. back to do that. So you're not with Midwest Area anymore. Correct. What are you currently doing? So I'm a project manager at Midwest or sorry project <laughs> manager at Walmart. And Walmart is Walmart Blue Cross Blue Shield, so health insurance company. Okay. Oh, so you're not? Are you? I mean, are you using your registered dietitian title? How Because it sounds like it's so, a little bit different. It's totally different. So while I was at Midwest Dairy, I actually went back to school because clearly having an undergrad, a 
master's in nutritional sciences and then being becoming a dietitian through an internship was not enough for me. <laughs> so you went so back to school. I went back to school during the time that I was with Midwest Dairy and I went and got my MBA because of having my initial background as my own personal employer for a lack of better words I had to do business and then when I went to Midwest Dairy it's very business focused I mean it's not as much nutrition focused in the sense of you're not giving consultations you're not working with people and saying how are you doing today let's talk about your nutrition it's more a large scale of this is the nutrition about dairy and how does that fit into your lifestyle so it's much more business focused versus nutrition focus. And so I'm like, okay, I can dig this. I like this. And so I went and did my MBA in part because I always think of what's the next step. And for nutrition, I wasn't seeing that next step. I want to take nutrition. I'm never going to leave nutrition, but I wanted to have that next step. And I wanted to be the person who could dictate that, that I wanted to tell myself where I could be in the next five to 10 to 20 years versus someone else being like, just because there's no room for movement, you're just going to stay where you're just going to stay where I am. I'm going to flatline. And I didn't want that. Yes. I can always learn something, but I'm the type that's always grabbing for more. And so I did that MBA and it was the best decision I've ever made. Well, that kind of ties into your previous business experience. Absolutely. Like you said, Midwest Midwest dairy working with them. And then now your current role obviously has played a big part in your future. So, it, it all set me up right. And from Midwest area, I worked with a lot of different people and I held a lot of different roles in that perspective. And I worked with so many different agencies and I still have those continued relationships. It's just a different perspective. And now working for Walmart, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, I manage different teams. And so I have architects, I have technical leads, I have people who know all the ins and outs of a health insurance perspective. I understand the letters that everyone gets. (laughs) So when it's time to renew your insurance, I know, but then I also understand what it is and how people are being impacted by a health insurance perspective or premiums. And so it's just a different type of role. I'm managing people. I am motivating people. I am leading people to become their, their best. And it was not something that I had before. And that's something that I gravitate to. I like those leadership opportunities. And so, yes, it's not necessarily nutrition perspective in that way, but it hasn't hindered what I know and it hasn't hindered me in my job. But I've also continued my private practice, which I've had since Chicago. And so, again, I still have my clients. So I have another client who came to me that he's six, seven, he already lost like 60 pounds and he wants to lose 30 more because he had knee surgery. Um, wow. He's great. And so I'm actually going to work out with him coming up and I go grocery shopping with him and I help him plan his meals and I give him a meal plan. You don't um, have to cook for him though. I don't have to cook for him. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to cause he didn't like to cook, but I was like, we're going to find you ways to round this. Teach you. We're it's always better teach to teach you. them, right? Yeah. Give them the tools. So I'm like, all right, we're going to go to the frozen section. <laughs> Just some Here frozen we go. Vegetables. <laughs> exactly. We're going to, how you can microwave frozen vegetables. Perfect. And he does it. And he's already down over 10 pounds and I haven't been working with them that long but it's just the gratification of that so I still have that I still do my blogs I I blog for not only the Iowa Academy of Nutrition Dietetics 
I also blog for um, fitness magazine, which is now Health. And so that's kind of changed a little bit. And I haven't done a blog for them for quite a while, but I've blogged for them. I also blog for um, an online university. So I still keep up to all my nutritional information. I still do all of that. And, and you're still maintaining your CSSD. I'm still maintaining my CSSD because I still have my clients. I'm Again, my clients in Chicago. I still have my clients in Iowa. So I have to be licensed in both locations. Oh, wow. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Since you do have them in two states. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's, it's interesting that that MBA component really shows that you can just impact health in a different way. Completely. And still be that registered dietitian and still doing your passion of sports nutrition and having your own business and working in a different landscape of the healthcare field, which is really cool. And I talk to people and it's fun to learn people and learn their, their life stories. And I'm also a running coach. So add that to my little list. Where do you have time? I mean, like, where do you have time for all this? Honey, I don't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to know that the answer to that question. (laughs) But as a running coach, too, I get all those type of questions, and actually I get a lot of my clients from doing that. Well, you're a perfect fit for that, though, because you really do understand that nutrition component. Mm-hmm. So everyone comes important. to me and asks me, not only because I'm also still a certified personal trainer, the questions of like, okay, not only what should I eat before I do a long run versus a short run or versus what should I be eating while I'm running and also drinking for hydration purposes, but what do I do after this or... How do I prevent an injury? How do I, now this is hurting, what do I do for this? And so I get the entire gambit. Everyone somehow comes to me at one point in time during that adventure. Well, I feel of, like I'm going to have to come to you. I mean, bring it I on. As I get older and things start falling apart, I'm going to have to come Never, to you. that won't ever happen. <laughs> so you're happy where you're at. You're feeling really good about, you know, your MBA and working in this new landscape of your career. And so where where does Aaron go in the future? What is it look like for I mean you. hopefully I become the next Ann Cundith and <laughs> I am will write a book and I will have my own podcast you never I hope so too I will be <laughs> your I'll biggest just be interviewing you, so it's just gonna be role <laughs> reversal here well and you're also very active with the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics I am it's it's fun. I really enjoy it. So kind of tell me your perspective of how important it is to volunteer with your state affiliate or even with the national group. Oh my gosh. Group. I, if I could just volunteer, I would love to volunteer. I volunteered when I was in South Carolina. I volunteered when I was in Chicago for not necessarily Iowa Academy, but I did a lot of big brother, big sister type of programs. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that I just like to give back. And you have to help instill those different ideas and concepts that yes, you can and into people. And the same thing goes here. Like I have a couple students that have gone back to school to become a dietitian actually. And they are my little, my little people. I love them. (laughs) And I just can't say enough about them. And I just always want to be there and help them and help guide them. And I've had numerous conversations, whether it's, one-on-one in a hallway or one-on-one with their mother just trying to figure it out like to see if this is the right fit or over a phone call and just to help them to figure out their life because I didn't always have that and nutrition is hard to understand that oh by the way you're doing your internship after you graduate and then you have to pay for it and you have to pay that's the thing that's so crazy you have to pay for it (laughs) be like wait I thought a doctor doesn't pay they get paid this is different 
And so having those understanding, having that guidance and someone that's not going to judge you on that. And so same thing with just the Iowa Academy. I want to just instill enjoyment in of not only what your career is, but what it can be and that you are the key to what it can be. And it's, it's, I think you probably would agree too. It's a supportive network completely to make yourself be active and be a part of it that we don't learn a lot about kind of going through school and how much you can make of it or how little you can make of it. Absolutely. I mean, for the ones who are still in clinical doing their thing, I envy you. Like I would love to know all the disease states and how you write the TPNs and everything. I don't remember all those different (laughs) things, but it's, it's all those nutrients and knowing exactly how much you have to have and plus all the vitamins and minerals and all everything. I mean, that's meticulous and that's earth shattering at certain states in people's lives. And I do it. I don't do that. And so I think there's so many different avenues on the nutritional aspect is yes, I have a very unconventional nutritional pathway. And I'm, again, I don't plan on leaving that Mm -hmm. ever because I love it too much that it's just fun to see and it's fun to get people's stories but it's fun then if I change my job again another who knows couple years <laughs> Lots 10 of years, years left <laughs> who knows but then I have people that I can knock on their door I mean like help me and be your mentor and be my mentor mm-hmm. like I've tried to mentor other people it's that relationship building it's those contacts it's trying to again not only learn about each other and what each other does and helping each other to do better at their job but also to help promote the profession and get everyone to get in line with how important it is to have the nutrition background and to be a the real nutrition routine. expert the nutrition expert exactly mm-hmm. to be the nu- registered dietitians that are the nutrition expert don't get enough credit. We d- we don't. And we need to be each other's cheerleaders. Absolutely. And support each other. And that's what I think that's great about being a part of an affiliate organization, that we can do that for each other. And it's been fun getting to know you through that and also other dietitians through that as well. So, But I'm glad that you have reached a great place in your journey and that you're maintaining your passion and you're sticking with sports nutrition and you're feeding yourself as well and exercising all the same and that you've come a long way since you started 10 years ago. Absolutely. So if you want to go on an eight mile run with me tomorrow, I <laughs> Is mean, that what you're doing tomorrow? I, I have to coach tomorrow. Oh my goodness. So I did I, the map and everything. You I start could, at seven 30. Let me know. I could sit from the car and I could bring my pom poms and cheerlead <laughs> you all along the way. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. As long as you have me have some food at the end of it for I could, me. I would. I would totally have food for you. I'm not a chef, but I could. I know a few. I know I a couple. I know who you know for your chef. I do. I do. So, Stacy, you're on call. Yes. If Stacy's listening, Stacy, you are going to be cooking something for Aaron Yeah, and I will even take your protein run. balls. I love those, too. <laughs> they are so good. They're so good. <laughs> Whatever your chef Stacy makes, I will eat. Well, before we end, I have some questions I want you to answer. I thought we did all those. Oh, we have a few fun. These are fun questions. Questions though. So, what is your favorite food? What is my favorite food? Well, I'm gonna have to just go to my go to right now because my fiance is cooking shrimp and grits right now. And since I lived in South Carolina, I'm now I can smell it. You've had the real deal. I've had the real deal, and he's pretty darn good at that. But and they smell amazing. They do smell amazing. We're sorry that you guys are missing out on the 
I mean, if you smell. want shrimp and grits and paired perf- perfectly with a nice vino, <laughs> I mean, it's at my house. <laughs> in Iowa. In Iowa. You're right. But I have a little Southern in me. <laughs> What's your least favorite food? That's a really good question. It's funny because I have not gotten on the bandwagon of mushrooms. I am, it's such a random thing, but I'm a texture person. So actually I shouldn't say mushrooms because I can eat mushrooms, but I'm, I am I am a texture person. So don't give me uni. Don't give me certain shellfish. It was like, if it's chewy, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going down. Oysters, I'm sorry. I lived in South Carolina. I have shucked everything out of oysters. I know how to shuck. I can, I've done them. I just... It, so I, I you, can't do you it anymore. Shuck my oysters, I will but you shuck will not your oysters. eat my oysters. No, absolutely okay. not. Not anymore. I will try again for you, though. Okay, but it's probably well, not going to happen. To be continued on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite drink? And it can be any kind of drink. It can be alcoholic, non-alcoholic. You can have one of each, whatever you like. So my go-to right now has been for the last oh gosh, probably two years is Lacroix. I just drink a lot of Lacroix. I love Lacroix. Do you have a favorite flavor? Oh. I switch it up all the time, so I, I can't answer that question. Um, right now, though, for now that I'm thinking off LaCroix, I like to put LaCroix with um, St. Germain and um, either a blackberry or a orange type of liqueur as well. I am down, completely down delicious. for it. It's very refreshing. You can invite me over anytime you're whipping up that I mean, you're already at my house, so here we go. (laughs) So maybe after this we'll have one. What's your least favorite drink? Ooh. Least favorite drink. Don't give me scotch. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. I'll put that in my notes. (laughs) It just burns the whole way down. It just burns. What is your favorite smell? And it can be food or not non-food item. Um, I've always been like warm cookies and flowers. I always wanted flowers and the smell of flowers. So when I was growing up, I don't know if my mom always liked me when I was growing up because I would go to the garden and she loved gardens and I would always pick the flowers. Well, I didn't bring a scissors with me. So here came the roots and everything because I love the <laughs> <It's> smell. <dark. laughs> so I always love wrote like flowers, which again, I, this is you why have- I'm marrying my fiance is he got me roses and flowers today and he's cooking me shrimp and grits i'm down i might move in i mean i have a bedroom for you (laughs) i could be adopted (laughs) absolutely (laughs) what's your least favorite smell my least favorite smell when i run and i do my running group we always go by where the trash facility is because everyone (laughs) comes around you know and picks up your trash it's all the them we go by them every time we run and it Oh my gosh, it couldn't be more rancid. Oh my, I thought you made the maps. I don't always make the maps. <laughs> and when I do, we avoid that. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure. I was like, geez. I would not be You're trying mean. to make me come with you? This is I not mean, sound I fun. will ma- rearrange that map for anyone. <laughs> and the last question is, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? A guilty pleasure of mine. I mean, give me anything with dark chocolate, sea salt, and caramel. I'm down. <laughs> I think you made a cookie like that. Not too I long have ago. made a cookie like that. I don't <laughs> always put the caramel in it, but I could drizzle caramel. But dark That's chocolate, true. sea salt, and caramel, I'm all over it. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Well, um, now that I'm moving in and we're going to go have one of your LaCroix cocktails, <laughs> let's head up and enjoy the rest of the evening. I can't wait. Thank you, Anne.
It was great talking with Erin today. I've known her for a long time, but I really never knew the roots of her nutrition passion. And that's why I think personal stories like hers really do lead us in the direction of our true passion. And they give us a good idea of where we should be going. Erin knew exactly where her passions were leading her, and it was great to listen to her story. Please go to AnnaElizabethRD.com, where my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, is available for purchase, and you can find all of the show notes and links to things we talked about today. Don't forget to connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters. 